Welcome back to Composer Quest. My name is Charlie McCarran. I'm your composer host in Minneapolis. And it's that time of year when the snow is falling here in Minnesota. There's sounds on the rooftop. Wait, there's actually sounds on the rooftop right now. Who could that be? Santa! Hello! Who are you, little child? Well, I'm actually 27, but... Oh, yes. You do have a beard. Well, Santa, what brings you to my house a week before Christmas? Well, I'm just here to uh, do a trial run for Christmas Eve. You know, we gotta get all uh, the kinks worked out of our delivery schedule. Yeah, and chimneys, you know, you have to check those. You really do. You have to practice. Our chimney probably hasn't been cleaned out in over five years at least. Actually, it's been 72 years. Wow. You keep a record of that. I do. I do. Mm. Well, Santa, I guess as long as you're here, do you, is there anything you wanted to say to the Composer Quest audience? Well, I'd just like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and I believe that you'll enjoy the music and this episode of Composer Quest. Uh, I know I sure did, and I'm planning on catching up on the archives of Composer Quest as I crisscross the world in my sleigh on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, you have an unlimited supply of mp3 players i would guess i do i take the best ones for myself (laughs) that doesn't sound like something santa would do well anyone who questions santa you know what they get in their stocking oh a lump of coal (laughs) okay no mp3 players whoa you heard it from the big man himself we have a lot of music in this episode coming up that i think you're gonna enjoy If you've been listening to this podcast regularly, you know that we occasionally have composing quests, and those are a chance for listeners like you to take on a challenge I put forward and contribute some music to the world. Over the course of this first year of Composer Quest, we've had six quests so far, and in this episode we're going to get to hear the results of the past three quests. So first we'll hear the results of our children's Christmas musical, Elfluenza, which was performed by KMS Elementary here in Minnesota. After that, we'll move on to Quest 5, where we arranged Christmas carols for the Amadeus Chamber Orchestra. And we'll get to hear how these composers approached arranging these carols. And finally, we'll get into the most recent quest, the Fortune Cookie Songwriting Quest. And we have a special mini-documentary from Mr. Wilson, who finished the challenge, but only after an epic quest to find a fortune cookie out in Taiwan, which is harder than it sounds. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you're new to the podcast and haven't yet participated in a quest, don't worry, we'll have more in 2014. Just stay tuned at ComposerQuest.com. Now it's time to go out to the field with Maya Heyman, a regular ComposerQuest guest, 
and the music teacher at KMS Elementary School. She directed the first through third graders in performing our musical Elfluenza. And in the script, written by Zita Heyman, her mom, the elves come down with Elfluenza, obviously, which causes them to lose their voice, start dancing around, and start having jazz hands. So, without further ado, let's see what Ms. Heyman and her students had to say about Elfluenza. Ms. Heyman, it's nice to talk to you here. It's nice to talk to you. I heard that your students had some things they wanted to say about the Elfluenza musical. That's right. I did some field reporting today. Asked them some questions for you. Thank you. Uh, So, in all of the songs, what was their favorite song? In all of the classes, the favorite song was Bells Are Ringing Out by Mitch Johnson. catchy tune. I think kids really liked that. I still hear from siblings and parents and teachers about how they're hearing kids singing Bells Aren't Ringing Out all the time at home. scream Merry Christmas at the end and they really like screaming things together. What did the kids think were the hardest things about the music? Every single class mentioned Bells Are Ringing Out again as having the hardest spot. Mitch had written four choruses that were all very similar, same lyrics, And on each of those choruses, all of the kids sang together, first through third grade. Except on the very last one, the second line of the chorus was a solo for Santa. And it was really hard for them to stop singing, to remember that that one was different just for that one line. who got solo parts or small group parts they always like those when they get the spotlight even if it's just for one line so the nurses really liked influenza the 
elves also like Christmas jig because they got the solo in there. songs that they say have a good beat okay Um, what do you think that means i think they like the faster songs i think that's probably what they're talking about when they say it has a good beat or anything that's kind of reminiscent of rock and roll or more popular genres but i know they also like trying to be very stylistic with the slower songs like elfluenza blues was not necessarily that much slower but it was in minor and i think they liked that they were conveying the sadness of the situation through this song in minor yeah they did a really cool sliding thing that i wasn't expecting but yeah and the boys and girls are dreaming that yeah that's great and they just did that on their own accord They did. And I just let them because I thought it sounded nice. I hear that the kids also had some advice for us composers. They do. I asked them what advice they would give to either the composers who wrote for them for Elfluenza or any other composer who is interested in writing music for kids. What would they need to know to write music for kids? And I think that they had some really insightful advice. There's some very general ideas that would probably come as no surprise, like don't make it too hard, use appropriate words, so no swear words, no bad words. Um, like, well, we we can't say them on this podcast. No, of course not. One kid raised his hand to say that the lyrics should be appropriate, not disappropriate. <laughs> One kid said it shouldn't be too loud for babies. <laughs> <laughs> one student suggested having songs that have some easy words and some hard words so you could learn some new words from a song Hmm. who paid him to say that (laughs) nobody they're so smart (laughs) one student suggested and this is a quote put some beat in it And they all agreed that these composers who wrote for Elfluenza did a great job of putting some beat into it. Like Portlandia, put a bird on it. Exactly. Put a beat in it. (laughs) 
Okay, here's some great advice from one of my classes. They went a different route with this advice. They would like to tell composers, never quit, keep practicing, keep up the good work, don't throw away songs that you think kids or adults won't like, and don't think you're a bad composer if one song you write doesn't turn out well. Wow. Wise beyond their years. And I've been saving the best for last. This is from a second grade class. They suggest that composers who want to write for kids find schools that don't have good music and don't have the opportunities that we have at KMS with composers writing for us and write some music for them. So there you go. Advice from the students of KMS. All right. Well, Ms. Heyman, what are you asking Santa for for Christmas? Well, if there's one thing that I'm wishing this Christmas day, it's that the elves will have a happy, healthy holiday. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where. Oh, yeah. It was in the cheesiest lyrics I've ever written. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Ms. Heyman. And um, did you just say bye? No. Oh. <laughs> what did you say? It would have been funny if I like, interrupted your sentence <laughs> to say bye. <laughs> well, I know this podcast bye. makes you uncomfortable, so... <laughs> I was just going to say, I should say something to the composers. Go for it. Well, I would like to thank the composers who wrote for Elfluenza. You and Mitch Johnson and Mary Beth Hutlin and Michael Trigowski. Um, you really provided an awesome opportunity for my students that not a lot of students get, especially at their age. Well, Ms. Heyman... You have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Oh, thanks. I or should, should I say Merry Questmas? <laughs> you should, because that's the name of this podcast episode. I asked the three other composers who wrote for Elfluenza what they learned from writing for these kids. Michael Chergoski, who wrote the instrumental Elf Dance has this to say about writing for young instrumental players. Stay in a relatively small range and avoid leaps as much as possible. Also, stick to open strings and don't get crazy with the rhythm. The important thing is to think back to when you were the kid's age. Mary Beth Hutlin, who wrote Elfluenza Blues and The Christmas Jig, said, 
Body percussion is always popular with kids, and associating words with it is very helpful. Mary Beth said that next time she writes a song for kids, she's going to double the melody line in the piano, as that would give students music to follow so they can stay together better. Mitchell Johnson, who wrote the ever-popular Bells Are Ringing Out, said, I learned that writing for children is ridiculously fun. Hearing them perform my music was delightful. In terms of writing for kids, he says, The melody, rhythmically speaking, needed to be somewhat repetitive. I used sequencing to make the melody easier to remember. I wanted to get it stuck in their heads so they would constantly be practicing it. Mitch also said, I knew they would sing the catchiest and most repetitive line the loudest. Mitch said, It's like that episode of Mr. Bean when he sings Alleluia in church. Santa, what would you say is your favorite Christmas song of all time? Well, there are many great Christmas songs. Uh, going back to the dawn of time. But I'd have to say my all-time favorite is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae by Paul McCartney. It's a little-known B-side on his 1979 Christmas single. I don't think you can play it here for copyright reasons, but... Uh, perhaps there will be a link to it on the Composer Quest blog. Perhaps. I, I have never heard that song. <laughs> but it's Paul McCartney, so it must be amazing. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, good. Well, I'm looking forward to checking out that jam. Um. <laughs> You'll be jamming, man. <laughs> Moving on now to our quest to arrange Christmas carols for the Amadeus Chamber Symphony. I received a ton of submissions, so thanks to all of you who took the time to do this arrangement challenge. In total, four arrangements were picked and performed, and the orchestra went with the more traditional arrangements and ones that would be relatively easy to learn in the short amount of time they had to rehearse. One super-motivated composer, Darren Wirth, actually arranged eight carols for the orchestra, and two of his were selected. Darren says, I did Joy to the World first, and I liked it so much I did another one. Then it sort of became a challenge to myself to see if I could do them all. So congrats, Darren, for finishing all these arrangements. Now let's take a listen to Darren's arrangement of Joy to the World.
asked Darren about his approach to these arrangements. He said, I tried to have something interesting in every part. I extracted all the parts and looked through them individually, thinking, would I enjoy playing this? I think that's a good thing to think about for all composers who are used to producing electronic music, because I know I sometimes just think, oh, I'll just put this thing on a loop and it'll be totally interesting, but maybe not to the performer. So let's listen to Darren's other arrangement that was chosen, Lo How a Rose Air Blooming. Another arrangement chosen to be performed was Caleb Wenzel's arrangement of O Come All Ye Faithful. Caleb said, I thought of the way I might play the hymn on the organ. With such a familiar tune, it's not always necessary to have the melody at the fore. I also tried to play with dynamics in a way that might imitate an organist changing registration.
orchestra also picked my arrangement of Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence. My compositional plan with that one was to start with a woodwind solo section, partly because I know the bassoonist. She was on this episode a few minutes ago. centers I did two things I took out everything except the strings and the organ and I had them play in this very simple hymn-like fashion and then I also slowed down the tempo anticipating that when the whole audience enters singing it would slow down a little bit Gradually, I add in the woodwinds and brass, playing some counter-melodies to the strings, who are playing the more traditional lines. Then in the second verse, when things start to get more epic, I reverse the roles so that the strings are playing more of the counter-melodies and the wind players are playing more of the traditional lines. chord is kind of interesting because I thought I had resolved a note that the oboe played from a E down to a D, uh, but turns out I just left it on an E. So between the flute playing a D and the clarinet playing an F, you have this really dissonant note of an E in the oboe. The orchestra didn't know if it was intentional or not, but they actually liked it, and I do too. So sometimes you just have to make some mistakes. So I have a few people to thank. First of all, Axel Timer for directing the Amadeus Chamber Symphony. Thanks to all the musicians. It sounded awesome. And thanks also to Jerry Stinson for recording the concert at St. John's. If you're in Minnesota and need an event recorded, you should contact Jerry jerrystinsonaudio.com and that's Jerry with a G For this last piece of the Questmas episode 
I have the pleasure of sharing Josh Wilson's adventure to find a fortune cookie in Taiwan so that he could complete our fortune cookie songwriting quest. So let's turn now to Josh's tale set in Taipei, the capital city of Taiwan. This challenge comes to us from Charlie in uh, Minneapolis. There's uh, several parts to it. First, we need to find an Asian restaurant. It should be easy in East Asia. Then I need to get a fortune cookie and find a fortune inside, then write a piece of music based on or inspired by that fortune cookie. So Josh went out in search of a restaurant that had fortune cookies. Excuse me, do you have fortune cookies? Fortune cookies? No, we only have noodles. Oh, thanks. Do you guys have fortune cookies? Fortune cookies? No. Do you know where we could find some? No, sorry. Oh, thanks. Josh was starting to lose hope that he'd ever find a fortune cookie in Taiwan. But he hatched a plan with his friend Awe. So what, you think we should get an oven and uh, bake a cookie and put a paper in it? Awe had a lead on where to find a fortune to put in their cookie. Okay, well, here's a temple. Uh, Awe agreed to show me uh, how we're going to get a fortune. In the temple, Awe led Josh to a sacred place that contained a bowl of fortunes. But before Josh could take one, he would have to ask God for permission. And the only way to do that is by doing the sacred equivalent of flipping a coin, which is taking these two wooden pieces and making them land a certain way multiple times in a row. So you, you have to get a yes response six three. times, yeah, three six times nine. and three times again. Yeah. So it must be pretty rare that you actually get to... Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, it didn't work. The God said no, we cannot get a paper thing. Okay. Because we are kind of like not really serious about it. Then. So oh. he said, no, you cannot get this. Oh. <laughs> how, does, how does this work? Do we have to come back some other time and be more serious? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Things were not looking good for Josh completing this quest. But he decided to look online and he found a superstore that had fortune cookies wrapped up in nice Christmas packaging. Well, here it is. I believe I finally have it. There's only one thing that stands in my way still, and that is the Taiwanese preoccupation with packaging materials. Let's see if I can dig it out successfully. And there you have it. Turns out fortune cookies do exist in Taipei, but you have to go to a specialty shop to find them. Let's get this back to the studio and see what kind of sound we can get out of this. All right. Well, this is Olive. Hi. Hi, Olive. Hi, my name is Olive. That's Olive. And <laughs> yes. you, you've agreed to sing uh, this song that I've written. Yeah. Uh, based on this fortune cookie that, uh, that I found, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the, the paper that I pulled out of my fortune cookie. And uh, here, can you read this for me? Your accent is better than mine. Okay. 
No extraordinary wishes, only some choice words. No sweet talk, only one concern for you. My eyes see only you. Dearest, Merry Christmas to you. And that's、uh, a long-winded way of saying Merry Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here's the song that I made out of that. Are you ready? Okay. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Did you know that the first Christmas card was made in 1834 by Englishmen Sir Henry Cole and John Horsley? Well,、uh, until next time, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. Thanks to Josh Wilson for documenting his awesome adventure. You can see this full video documentary at youtube.com slash Mr. Wilson Presents. And thanks to Josh and Olive for creating a beautiful piece of music. You can download their song along with all the other fortune cookie songs submitted at composerquest.bandcamp.com. Well, 
I'd just like to say a special thanks to Santa Claus for coming on the podcast episode. What a surprise and an honor. Well, thank you, Charlie, and I look forward to catching up on uh, all the Composer Quest episodes I've missed while I've been busy driving the elves in my Santa's sweatshop. I mean, (laughs) happy workshop at the North Pole. Oh, that's more like the Santa I remember. (laughs) So, Uh, can people, like, follow you on Twitter, find you on Facebook? What's your website, Santa? Well, I'm glad you asked, Charlie, because in this day and age, everyone needs a Twitter profile to stay relevant. Uh, So I suggest you follow me at at therealsanta.com slash Twitter slash Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure. And good luck on your trip back to the North Pole. Well, thank you. Now I just have to figure out how to get back up this chimney. It's kind of a small chimney. Sorry, Santa. Good luck. Hi-ho! Rudolph, and away! Well, that wraps up our Questmas episode. Thanks for listening. I'll have links to all the music you heard at composerquest.com slash questmas2013. And to my loyal listeners out there, just wanted to say thanks for sticking with me during this first year of the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to continuing on in 2014, getting some more good interviews and fun quests for you to get involved in. So stay tuned at composerquest.com or twitter.com slash composerquests or facebook.com slash composerquests. As always, you can email me, charlie at composerquest.com, if you just want to say hi, or if you have some ideas for future episodes. So thanks again, and on behalf of KMS Elementary... Yeah!